guys welcome back to episode three of zach and pat show i'm zach i'm pat and uh so today we uh we thought it would be a good idea to go over you know our end of year uh kind of recap our year and kind of go over our, how I, how we think our year went um and there is a podcast i listen to called modern wisdom with chris williamson and he just released this uh document here that just has a bunch of you know, good questions to ask yourself. I, you know, I just wanted to give him some credit because, you know, it's a great podcast. If you haven't checked it out, it's one of my favorites. Um, but this whole, uh, you know, document here, it's on his website. Uh, you guys wanted to check it out, but it just kind of goes over all the stuff, um, that you went over this or that you did this year. Um, it's like an annual review. So you thought it'd be a good, good opportunity for us to kind of go over our years and how we think we did, what, what can we improve on? And, um, yeah. Yeah, business planning's always been a big part of my end of year plan. Um, you know, I go through and look at what I did pre- for the previous year and then set goals for the next year. And obviously we're always changing those goals, but those targets are always moving. And it's good that we adjust and look every so often so that we make sure we're maintaining where we're at. And and this you send it over to me reading through like this is going to be my, the new planning that I use just because of some of the questions that are on here. And I mean, it really dives deep, not just in business, but personal growth and, and focusing on the areas that we need to work on. And because, you know, like we've been saying on all of our podcasts, if we're not growing, we're dying and we got to take those areas where we are weak and need improvement and work on those things. And this, this does a great job of, of bringing those out to, you know, bring everything to the forefront focus so yeah i like that it's not just all career stuff it's relationships it's health it's personal growth it's it's lots of stuff on here so i mean it's a really long thing and we're probably not going to be able to get through the whole thing but you know we kind of cherry pick some questions and even ask what best sex of the year yeah best sex of the year yeah and then uh yeah i am am the best sex of the year (laughs) when the irs fucked me in the ass yeah Yeah. most intense week i don't know yeah that's a that's a good one favorite artist favorite song favorite concert so yes, yeah, so all sorts of really cool and and good stuff on this, and you know I, I've I've read through it and and you know come up with some of the th- you know things that I want to work on, and I'm going to really dive into it. But you know that, that's one of the things we wanted to do is is kind of do this live while we're on the podcast, and and um to where you know it's it's not it, it's not going to be scripted. You know we're actually going through this, answering these questions while we're on here. Obviously, we're only. We're looking at a few that we really liked and we want to touch on. Um, but ultimately there's, there's a, shoot, it looks like there's probably close to 50 questions, 60 questions on here. And so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, to really diving into this more, um, and, and comparing it to my other business planning, you know, that I've done in the past and, and see how it compares. Obviously there's being in the finance industry and, and it's more, you know, there's a lot of numbers involved in that, um, but on the back end, like the mentality and things that you need to do to get better, there's, you know, I want to compare that to my old, see how this one tracks, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too, man. Let's uh, well, let's uh, let's dive in. What 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 question do we want to start with? Well, let's see here. So, um, what habits or systems accounted for the, most of your success this year? You want to go first? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, you know, I I have daily non-negotiables. So every day in my business, there's different things that we focus on. So um, like the main focus on Monday is to call as many real estate agents as I can and set appointments. Now the goal is to have, try and get to three appointments a week. Like we mentioned in the first episode, people tend to cancel last minute and it happens. So I want to make sure that I have other meetings set up. So I'm not going a week without meetings. So Mondays are spent dialing for those meetings. I allocate the time throughout the day to make those calls. I mean, we've done those power hours in the mm-hmm. past, very similar to that. It's just extended a little bit longer. Um, and then, you know, I spent leave, leave time towards the end of the day for returning phone calls and things like that. Tuesdays, you know, every Tuesday I call yep. with updates, whether yep. it's, whether you're the buyer, buyer's agent or listing agent, I'm going to call you with an update. Like that's a non-negotiable actually that's, and, and that's says most successful. That's my most successful way of, getting 
meetings. Oh, bro, that's literally why we started working right. together. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> it's so weird that nobody does it. Oh, I know. And it's so easy. It's it's nobody likes cold calling, and this isn't cold calling. Oh. How much more of a warmed up call could it be? Like, hey, this is Pat Doyle with Guild Mortgage. I am representing the buyer on the property you have listed. I just wanted to call and introduce myself and say, hey, I'm here if you have any questions. I'm going to touch base with you every week, uh, just giving you updates. Obviously, there's certain things I can and can't tell you, but I'm going to let you know if there, if things are going smoothly or if there is a problem, how we're solving it and where we're going from there. But other than that, I mean, that's it's it's incredible that nobody else is doing this. And all the reactions are like, wait, what? I'm, why are you calling me? Mm-hmm. Well, I just explained, like, I want you, I, everybody to be on the same page. This wasn't go smooth. And they're like, oh, my God, I had this happen before. So that's been my most successful thing in terms of how I do my daily non-negotiables. Wednesdays, we got the podcast that we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it's usually when I touch base with past clients just to see how things are going. Um, it's birthday calls, anniversary calls, setting up your online account for your first payment, different things like that. And then Thursdays and Fridays, Thursdays are for my people that aren't fully pre-approved, pre-qualified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still need some documents for them. So, hey, you know, just wanted to see how things are going with the docs that we need. Any questions on that stuff so we can get you rocking and rolling if you're ready to offer if something comes up this weekend. Fridays are, hey, send me, send me those addresses that you want. Let me run mm-hmm. numbers for you. Let me get those out to you. So, like, my daily non-negotiables and establishing what those non-negotiables are and Making sure those get done is what has helped me in a market where real estate is down, loan officers are struggling, that my business increased. It's doing the things that nobody else wants to do, putting in the hard work and that effort. Of course, is there days like some Tuesdays I'm I'm making 40, 50 phone calls. You think I want to make 40? Fuck no. No, like that's the last thing I want to do is sit there and call 40 or 50 people. But it's, you know, Doing the things when you don't want to do them is what's going to push you further than most because people just give up at that point. Oh, shit, I got to make 50 calls or I have to, you know, I have to make 50 calls. I look at it as I get to make 50 phone calls today. Right. And man, just getting started on that list too has everything. Like you make those first like three or four and then like you just kind of get into a groove and you just start rolling. But like I sometimes I, for me at least making the first one right. is always the hardest. And then after that, it just kind of yeah, rolls it's, through. It's like, what like, do they right. say? The, the hardest part about going to the gym or yeah. is working out is going to the gym, going to the gym, getting yeah. there. Cause once you're there, you're there. And yeah, yeah. once you start making those calls, yeah. you're just like, you know, Actually, that one a, didn't answer. All right. Well, on to the next. I, I have a walk-up song that I turn on like, <laughs> to get myself like same thing on yeah. Mondays too. Cause like, here's the thing as a loan officer, like our job is to call on real estate agents. Uh-huh. That's, you know, you guys, sure. you know, you guys are out there drumming up business and I want to uh-huh. be their preferred lender. I, right. So I have to develop relationships with agents. So it's a lot of calling. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of no's. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, sorry, I, you know, I appreciate the phone call, but oh. no, but you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I got to pump myself up getting told no. For sure. All these, it's tough. You got to be able to be like, all right, but you know, one no is closer to, and business is closer to a yes. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I'll sit there and, and my walk up song, and, and for a while, besides my freshman year when I seniors picked my walk-up song, but is that like the hazing? They yeah, got to pick your walk-up song. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So mine was night, night at the Roxbury. Okay. That's great. <laughs> what, is, what is love? Yeah. What is love? love? Yeah. So, so, but other than that, my walk-up song was always better than you by Metallica. Okay. Just that guitar intro yeah. and the way it's like, oh my gosh, pumps me up every single time. Oh, shit, I'm getting pumped up. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it. You but, sweaty over there? Yeah. <laughs> hey, am, I, am, I, am I getting? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I'm starting to sweat, sweat, sweat <laughs> through my gray shirt here. Um, but no, so yeah, I play that song to get me going to make those calls because it's not. I mean, it's not. It can be. It's just being told no sucks. Yeah. But you oh. just you got to keep going. You're not going to grow. You're not going to get better. And you're not going to learn. Like I first call is going to be always is going to be terrible. So it's like an you know like pull the list of agents yeah. and like. All right, it's okay if I fuck up this phone call. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's get a warm up. Let's, yeah, let's, let's get, get the a warm up phone yeah. call in and, and go from there. So, uh, yeah. So, agents, if you get a call on Monday and it's a really bad call, just know maybe you were the first one. You were my first phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. I'll move you down the list yeah. for later. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's doing the things that that get you in the mindset uh, to to do what you don't want to do, mm-hmm. and I think that's what has 
been the most successful thing for me is, is that mindset. And then, but coming up with those daily non-negotiables, not just for business, but personal, like making my bed every morning, brushing my teeth, getting ready, all that stuff before I even look at my phone. Um, you know, when I have the kids, making sure everything's laid out the night before getting kids ready, setting is, yourself up for success is what we call it in our house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because even if, and here's the thing is, it's not like, Oh, I just lay out one. Like I've got like two or three backup options. Cause it's always the first one I throw out. There's never. Yeah. I'm going right. to wear that one down. Right. Like, no, I want oh, this. Man, to he's this not even at the, yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. He's not at the <laughs> age yet where he'll tell me like, that's not what I want to wear. Yeah. Wait, wait till you get to that point. So oh, it's, it's just, it, yeah. Like you said, setting <laughs> yourself up for, for success and preparing, and that's just what this is doing, and, and and that's why I like it because now I can sit back and be like, all right, here are the non-negotiables that I have. Can I add to it? Should I take it away and change it for something else? Like, and so that's what's been systems and habits that I've formed that have been the most successful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? What what, have you, what about you for? Well, uh, some of my habits and systems for this past year that I think uh, one of the reasons I had you know a good year that I did is really teaming up with Murph here and really diving into my social media. Yeah, we've been, yeah, me and Murph <laughs> have been, are they, are they called tweets anymore? Yeah, they're X's or what do they call them? I don't know. He's chief twit. You know what? Elon 2028. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Murph, the guy who's producing our podcast here, he doesn't have a camera on him yet, but he will um, yeah. at some point. Uh, but he, uh, him and I started working together this past February and that, I mean, that changed my social media game significantly. I think, um, we previously, I was doing my, all my own, like talking head content, all my own. I was doing a lot of some fitness content, some kind of funny reels, kind of all sorts of shit. Um, but then once I started working with him, um, making professional looking videos, you know, and posting even more consistently than I was, because I mean, we were doing you know five a week. I mean, the stuff that we're doing now, looks, I mean, it's gone up exp- exponentially compared to where we were. I mean, both my like my skill in the camera, which is something that you don't really think about until you start doing it, but like being able to talk to the camera and not say a lot of ums and you knows. Oh, I'm, tre- oh, I'm keeping a tally over here. <laughs> He's, so are you? Yeah. Okay. You're that's, four. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. That's four shots, people that are four playing shots the, that are playing, playing the, the Zach game. and Pat drinking game. Um, but that's been a uh, a great aspect of my business that's gone up significantly. I've been on. I've been really, really consistent with it, and my real estate coach when I first got started or, you know, told me this a few years ago, you got to think of yourself as a marketing company that sells real estate because you have to market yourself, especially, you know, when you're an agent, you know, you have to do something that makes you, that makes you step, uh, separate yourself from the competition and you know, everybody's on their phones all the time now. Right. And so that's kind of what I went all in on this year, you know, financially and, and, you know, a lot of my time and effort, you know, meeting up with Murph a couple times a week and that's been been a lot, but it's been, I think it's worth every penny and every, every hour we spend on it. Cause I had, you know, I had a best year of my career yet. So, so yeah, I think that's my, the best system. And I think one other thing I've, I've really dialed in on this year that I wasn't so good at. I mean, I've always been doing it, but I think this year I've definitely taken it to a whole new level is time blocking my days and really planning out my days. It's, yeah, it's, you it's and a, I've talked about that. Yeah. A lot. It's a hard, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to make the schedule. But to stick to it is is a whole nother thing because oh, it, it's everything that you just that you that you said. But yeah. like you can make those daily non negotiables all day, but actually sticking to them is oh, yeah. that's not, the hard part. Right, it that's, is actually consistently. All right, every Monday I'm doing this. Every Tuesday I'm doing this. Every Wednesday I'm doing this. Yep, they're they're there, <clears> and obviously our schedules change. We we don't know when closing times are going to be set up. We don't know, uh, you know, timelines can change. Things like that that can throw you know constantly change, and that are out of our control. And so it's like every night before I go to bed, I take a look at what I have going on the next day and I rearrange my schedule. So I know that those are getting in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of the other non-negotiable, like personal is like getting to the gym. So like, like I, working out is great. Obviously the physical results that come from it. But for me, like tra- working out and training is all mental, like the mental clarity and, and everything that I get from working out especially working out with intent. Like that's the big thing. Like I can just go through the motions and leave and feel like, still feel like shit. But like I try and get in there with as much intent as I can. And I come out so much stronger, but you know, if I got a closing at 9am, then that's how am I going to readjust that schedule? So, cause now my workout's going to get pushed. 
or it's going to have to get up earlier or now, Hey, you know what? I had a team meeting called that. And that during the time that I was going to do my, um, uh, calls or, or, or my non-negotiables. Well, all right, now I need to adjust my non-negotiables to be at a different time frame or part here, part there, but it's all about that time block. And so, so important, but it is, it takes a long, I mean, shoot it. We're just, we're going to jump into what do we need to work on next? And like, that's, I still need to work on that. I've been doing time blocking now for five or six years. And it's still one of those things that you are always, mm-hmm. you're, I don't think you're ever going to get perfect at, no. at time blocking because things are always going to come up and change that, but you can get pretty good at sticking to it. Time blocking is this thing. Oh, it, it, it makes me so relaxed. It, it like honestly relaxes me sometimes. Right. Cause like, I feel like I've always got so many different things that I got to, that I actually like have that I have on my schedule, but I don't, it's something about physically seeing like, okay, all right. From, from 8, 8, 8 a.m. to, you know, 4 p.m. This is what I'm doing. I've got every single, you know, right. to the hour pretty much planned out. And yeah. it just like makes me feel at ease a lot of times. Right. Um, well, and it's just, it, it's the discipline that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jocko Willings put discipline equals freedom. It's so true. Yeah. You know, if you've got the discipline to maintain that schedule, you're going to feel just so much more at ease and have the freedom to do what you do. It's, it's great. Well, it just kind of ties into it. What habits do you want to work on? Yeah. Um, what habits do I want? I mean, I w- it's funny that I just said time blocking, but it's like, I don't, I definitely need to improve on that. Cause like you said, there are days where I definitely am. I, I go off the schedule or, you know, I have someone that wants to see a house or wants to, I mean, and I get an opportunity to the seller wants me to come over and check it out or right. randomly, I just get random calls from people. And it's well, a lot of times I have to go do it right then and there because the opportunity is presenting itself. So, right. So sometimes I do have to go off the schedule, but you know, that's something I could work on for sure. Um, one thing that relationship wise would be scheduling. I think scheduling like more like date nights with Gina. Right. I think that would be something I could get. I definitely could get better at. Um, you know, it's just hard when you got the baby now and you got another one on the way and some days she's not feeling good. Like there'll be days like recently we were planning on, you know, going, we were going out to eat. No, we were, I, I bought these nice steaks and we were going to cook steak. And that was kind of the game plan all day. And then finally when we get Calvin down and she's just like, I don't feel good at all. I just want to eat like some crackers and cheese and go to bed. It's like, okay, cool. All right, I'll uh, figure something else out. I'll make a sandwich, you know, just, right. but you know, things don't always go, go as planned, but p- just planning date nights with her would be something I think I could definitely get better at just making time for her. And yeah, that would be the biggest thing. As, yeah. as someone from failed marriage, that was part of our problem is um, my ex-wife is in the real estate business as well. Me being like, our schedules are crazy. We get, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in this business and just go, 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 go. Especially if you're passionate about it, like you and I are, she is. Um, and you forget those things. Like, obviously we were great co-parents, but yeah, that's, you know, definitely need to take time and, and get those dates in and spend that quality time together. Or, you know, that's where we felt we didn't give each other that quality time. Yeah. It was like our quality time we had was talking about real estate. Like, yeah. You know, let's not, yeah. let's, let's figure out something else here. And, sure. but no, I, that's, that's awesome that you guys, uh, you know, schedule those dates. Yeah. Do we it. went on a little day date today. There was, you go. Uh, today's our, we, this is, this is our dating anniversary. Like when we kind of happy looks, anniversary. Yeah, happy, yeah. So we just, we just, just went out to lunch right before this, took Calvin at the aquarium, had a nice little family day and then dropped him off and then we went out to eat. So nice. Nice. How's, yeah. how's the aquarium? Good. Is your you first know. time there? No, we we've, we've got the we got the season pass. Oh, we're, we're freaking yeah. flyers. <laughs> we uh, yeah, we it's fun. He loves it. You know, as because we've had it this whole year, and I mean, he's obviously grown a lot in the last year. I mean, starting right. at the beginning of this year, he couldn't walk yet. Now he's running around and talking, so it's it's fun because he can actually right. do a lot more. He's into it a lot more than he was in the past. He's actually tall enough to reach a lot of the like the little interactive kids stuff so right and at that age too um i just remember it was like we could have done the same thing over and over again but like every time you go is a brand new experience for, sure. for them and and it's like oh my god they've never been they find something new right. every single time and it's uh, kids they're yeah ma- they're amazing they're awesome yeah it's, so. it was so it was fun yeah, it was been a good day so i can't complain 
But yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat with you with the time blocking and, and things to work on. Obviously, like I said, I don't think you're ever going to get an ex, become an expert in time blocking it's, it schedules. It's it's tough. Um, but also, you know, there's. Uh, like I said I do a lot of calls on Monday to agents. I want to start mixing in the time, like you know, yeah, add those to my non negotiables on every day. Like you know what, Mondays where I'm really hammering them. 20, 30 phone calls on Mondays to agents, but all right, I'm going to do that. And then if I just added, what would happen to my business if I added an extra five phone calls a day? Right. You know, so that's something that I want to add to the non-negotiable list. Like just another thing just to help grow business. Yeah. And then personally, you know, that's the one thing I was really proud of this year was so our schedule works with the boys is every other weekend and then like every two days. So, you know, the most I don't have them is, is for like two and a half days. And so when I do have them, like I make sure that I'm off when I have to pick them off from daycare and I've got nothing that I can just spend time with them. Then when I don't have them, that's when I put a little bit more time into to work and make the time that I took off when I have them. So that was something that I was really happy with and proud of for this year. But, you know, one thing that I want to do moving forward with them and and it's tough being a single dad without uh, you know, someone that I'm dating or a partner or anything like that like I want to do solo days with my so they're at that age now where it's like you know we've been doing everything together for so long and and my ex-wife and her boyfriend get to do these with the boys because they'll split them up my ex-wife will have a Connor day and that's when Dalton will have the Oliver day and then they'll Got flip, it. they'll flip-flop so you know it's and, and I don't want to leave leave them with a babysitter, right. but it's almost like, all right, when I have them, you know, set up a Connor day and then Oliver will go spend time with mom and vice and flip flop. Got it. And so I want to start doing more of that um, just to have that one-on-one relationship because they are both so different. And yeah. it's, it's Oliver is exactly like me. He's like my mini me stubborn and hard headed and just, he's like a lone wolf. Like mm-hmm. he just kind of does his own thing. Connor, on the other hand, well, Oliver looks just like you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> Connor looks exactly like my ex-wife, and he's very similar in terms of his personality. And and he's he's the entertainer. Like you put him in a room, and everyone's oh, for everyone, sure. he's going to be in the center of attention in that room. People are going to flock to him. It's just his personality. And so, you know, I want to be able to do those different things. That's that's my biggest thing personally that I want to work on is, is developing that habit where we're every other week we're going to take a day where it's just me and Connor and every other, and then where it's just me and Oliver have those single dates. And because when you get the two together, they're wild animals and yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to like, it's hard to go places with them sometimes. Like sure. unless we're going to a trampoline park or the playground, things like that, where they, where it's okay for them to, be, to wild be wild. And crazy, but like, yeah, I want to like, you know, take them to, you know, I, I took them to a soccer game this year and the whole time I'm like freaking out because we're in a big crowd and it's, you know, me and, and I'm like, Hey, you got and, two, one of these, yeah, you know, and it's, like, yeah. right. And it's like, you know, it's panic inducing. I didn't get to enjoy it. I don't know if they, I mean, I know they enjoyed it. They loved it, but you know, that's something that I think would be easier being able to focus on one kid at a time and have it intentional. I guess that's, I guess really that's what I, my biggest thing is to start being more intentional with the things that I'm doing. Next, uh, you know, what are the most valuable ways that you are spending your time? I know you touched back on, it, it kind of <laughs> ties into our time yeah. blocking. Talking about the, the the video content that you guys you guys are doing, which is awesome. Right. You know, see, hear agents talking about, well, and, and officer, we got to do video. We got to do video. Right. They just put the generic same stuff everybody else is. Right. Yours is great. Not only are you touching on real estate, but you got your personal stuff in mm-hmm. there with the jujitsu and right. it's awesome. Fitness and all those yeah. all those sorts of stuff. So yeah, that's uh yeah, no, that that's been, you know, time blocking, like you said, and doing the videos with Murph. Um oh, you know, spending time with Calvin. Just right. just spending time with Calvin, I would say, is a big, you know, big part of or something that I, I think is one of the most valuable things I'm doing. I, I definitely think I could do more of that. I think I could be off my phone less. Yeah, but you know, I think the times that I am with him, I'm I am usually pretty dialed in. You know, that's but sometimes it's hard. You know, Tough. like you said, we got uh we got days where we're 
when we got calls that we have to make or when people are calling us. Like, I mean, I just heard my phone just going off just now. I forgot to do not disturb it. Um, but yeah, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. And for me, um, yeah, like I said, I mentioned spending time with my boys one-on-one. You know, that's, that's what's going to, mm-hmm. for, for me, uh, that's great. But also getting back, I, for a while there, I was consistently working out three or four times a week. Um, and you know, I'm not going to make excuses. I got away from it. it lazy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but got away from it. And I want to get back into the three to four times a week, being intentional with those workouts. And because for me, when I am working out and it's intentional, my mind super clear, problem solving skills, all the different things that come along with the, getting that mental workout in is, is great for business as well as handling. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's a stress reliever, man. That's right. what I that's what I feel whenever I go into the gym. It's just right. I always leave there and I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, like I feel like a weight is lifted off of me for sure. Right. You know, you just feel like this at ease, especially after like a hard grappling session or something. You know, it always makes life seem a lot easier. You know, that's that's one that's another thing I like about jujitsu is it'll you're doing this really difficult. I mean, what's what's much harder than having a grown man on right. top of you trying to strangle you? Right then it makes like other bullshit in your life seem like not as, not as important or not as, not as big of a deal. Right. You know, it just makes it feel, am I at? <laughs> you know, I just said it like three times there. Um, but anyway, if you give yourself 50, I will consider it a win. All right. We'll see. I think, I think I'm doing all right. The number is going to be dropping every month. That's Next episode is going to be like 40. Really? You counted? Oh, 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 bro. <laughs> no, just keep just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> I just saw him marking a tally down. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> we call that negative response therapy. You know, what are, what are some things that you you thought you were going to complete this year, but you didn't? Oh, no, that's an easy one. Uh, I wanted to sell 50 houses or have 50 closings. I ended up with 46. So it's still a good year, right. but you know, it was four short. I have several listings right now that are still active that just didn't haven't sold um you know the market really shifted over the last couple months as we've seen with the way interest rates were i think that has a lot to do with it that this time of year so you know i have six on the market right now that just didn't sell and if you know four of those would have sold that would have you know that would have made me hit it but hey it is what it is it's still a pretty good year still my best year that i've ever had so can't complain too much just means i got to do better next year and what was the what was one of the biggest things you've learned this year? Reinvesting in my business. Yeah, I would say you know that there's that whole you got to spend money to make money, and I think that's really true. Absolutely, you can't just do this. You can get by with a lot of stuff for a while, at least when you're first getting started, and kind of do things the cheap way or kind of do right. things yourself. But and allocating my time, you know, we've got so much. We've only got so much time in the day. And you got to figure out the things that you're good at and the things that you do the best. Right. And I've, I've definitely hired a lot of that out this year. I mean, I've not cut, you know, I started hiring a lawn care service because right. I don't have time to cut my grass anymore. And I just don't like to. And I was already had, an, had someone cutting the grass at the rental property. So I was like, might as well do my house too. That'll, that's worth every penny just because I've only got so much time every week. And a lot of my weekends, I'm out showing houses or right. yeah, sure I could do it you know, during the days, cause I've got a flexible schedule, but man, there's just times that I don't want to, you know? And right. Did you guys hear that? Sometimes dads don't like cutting grass. I know that's a thing for right. most dads, but not this one. I don't like, I don't like cutting my own grass. So <laughs> that's something, well, a lot of stuff like that though, that in the past where I was like, Oh, I can do that. I can fix that. I can do this. I give me the time. You know, I just need to find some time. And right. that's the hard part is finding the time these right. days. So I've started, I've started hiring a lot of stuff out. So I think that's, that's, but that's another thing about you I touched on this a little bit in the first podcast but patience um you know it not, that's a constant ongoing thing um especially as your ki- your kids grow and they get older and they like their personalities and these attitudes develop they test it you know they, they know what push buttons to push how i was that kid that pushed buttons you can ask my parents um but yeah and, and learning that patience um but the biggest thing that i learned this year really effective communication um you know a rising interest rate market where there's little homes so you're dealing with you know higher monthly payments because the rates plus you're in a market where you're having to pay over asking to get a home 
how to effectively communicate with people. You know, it, it may not seem like it, but this might be better buying now than it would have been buying in 2021 when rates were super low. Now, obviously, those people in 2021 are loving it now because their homes have appreciated, but, you know, the market isn't as competitive now as it was and where it will be when rates start coming back down because they say 5 million people enter the market. Obviously, this is nationally, not locally. But 5 million people enter the market for every 1% that rates drop. So, it's uh, a wild stat. Yeah, I saw that on, it was like, housing or something like that. It, it makes complete an, sense. But yeah. We're seeing interest rates move in that direction right now. Right. I mean, we've got the, you know our buyer that yeah. you know you're, he's like a whole percent lower than right. well, when when when, when did you originally we, quote him. This that was, was uh, end of October. Yeah. It's a little bit longer. It's a little bit longer close because of the the work being done on right. the place. But yeah, when we started this, you know, it was high sevens and now it's high sixes. Like right. it's crazy. It's not a whole percent. Right. And you know, that's significant. And, and a, a month and a half, two months. So, yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy to see the drop and and where it's going to be heading. I mean, I'll ever see two or three percent again? No, hell but no. <laughs> yeah, but it's been it's been cool to to see the trajectory of it. And and this is kind of, you know something that I've kind of been talking. You know that I'm a nerd when it comes to the market and tracking stuff. And you know, there's a lot of people that are way smarter than I am that I listen to and talk to and and just kind of see kind of go and do my own research based on what they talking about and seeing seeing these trends seeing the things and being able to see that two major factors into interest rates are inflation and employment data as inflation rises interest rates will rise when inflation drops rates will drop but at the same time you have to have that second component which is the employment data so when unemployment is at its lowest interest rates are going to go up Mm -hmm. starts going up interest rates are going to drop they work of each other start seeing more people filing for jobless claims being like or employment that's going to cause interest rates to to drop these are things negative on the economy is going to cause rates to drop it's like it's one of those things like hey do you want your friend to work or do you want a lower interest rate on your house right like you know that's how good <laughs> pick a, one how good of friends are you you know right well, shopping at all these bro right, right. <laughs> you know? so you know it's kind of it's that's what it is it's that trade-off you know like i'm not a big fan of the fed that one group of people has so much control over what our economy does. It's that's not right, but they are the people that are in control of this and they make mistakes. Sure. Make some good plays. Absolutely. No no one's ever going to be perfect, but yeah, they've done a, done a good job of that. So kind of got off. Yeah, I was there, like, I'm like, like, I don't even remember what our original question either, was. But. Well, what did we, ex- what did we expect to complete oh. <laughs> this year? But yeah, yeah, my goal was to do a hundred and uh, missed it by, 15 deals so it's a little on our side it's a little bit different sure a lot less physical running around right. than i have to do that's exactly. for sure like whereas that's where our, i would say our jobs differ mostly oh, sure. you know is where I'm, I'm out in the field going on appointments showing houses meeting with sellers meeting with investors meeting with all these people whereas most of most of your marketing or your your approaches is connecting with agents yeah. and making relate those relationships with agents because most of the time if you're going to buy a house, typically reach out to a realtor before you reach out to a, right. a, a loan officer, unless unless you've done this quite a few times and you know, kind of know the know the ropes at that point. But usually, people's first move is to come to the real estate agent and right. you know, I, hey, I want to buy a house, and a lot of times they think that I'm the one that does all the financing too, and I'm like, no, 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 no I've got I've got people for that. Right. So. And uh, so that's what Pat, you know, when Pat's saying he makes all these phone calls to agents every day, he's He's doing it to kind of create relationships so that they, you know, they, they basically pass their client off to him. Cause I mean, usually unless you're buying the house cash, you need, you need, you need someone like Pat. So, right. um, that's kind of how little, how the sausage is made in our yeah. industry. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it takes as a lender, we're not making the money as much money as an agent is per deal. Um, so we need to close more business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also for us, it's easier to manage more business, mm-hmm. especially when the team that I have, you know, I've got three rock stars behind the scenes that allow me to do things like this and allow me to go out on those meetings every week because I know that, hey, once I get it turned over to them, I don't have to worry about anything. They're going to be able to solve any problems that come up. And so for us, I mean, 
closing as a team 30 deals a month is a big deal. I don't be wild. What, what would if be 30 yeah, a month? Right. What, 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 what would you feel like? What, like, what would be the most that you'd be able to handle by yourself? I mean, you're doing four a month right now. I'm averaging four a month. Right. You know, I've, I've had months where I've closed, you know, obviously more than that. And I've had months where I've closed less than that. But if I'm getting around that six to eight range. I am, right. I am hustling. Right. But here's the thing is if I'm most of my work or the work that I do is done prior to us going under contract. Right. If it's a buyer, it's me out, out showing them houses. If it's a seller, it's me getting the house sold to a buyer. And then from then on, pretty much everything can mostly be done remotely other than final walkthrough and right. inspections. You know, I don't always need to be there pre- you know, present for inspections. I usually like to just stop by at the end and kind of get the cliff notes because it doesn't make much sense right. for me to sit there and follow an inspector around for three hours. Right. But, you know, if I can show up, you know, at the last tail end of it, all right, show me what's fucked up. Right. What do we need to, <laughs> what needs to be fixed? Where are we at? That's, that's usually when I show up. So I don't need to be, once we're under contract, that's where I, I kind of actually pass it off to my team. You know, I've got a transaction coordinator and a VA that, that help do a lot of my back end stuff. Right, that, but then you're off running with the next one. But then one. I'm off running with the next one. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's always, I'm constantly, right. you know, you're, you just, I've always got you know, one little tip or one, you know, kind of thing that I do with my business is every, I always want to have 20 people like that are wanting to do something in the next three to six months, Yeah, you know, whether they're, I'm actively out looking at houses with them now, or if they're, they're like coming up I and mean, I know that maybe they told me they wanted to sell in the spring and I've got them on my board. That was like a Ricky Caruth thing that he said when I first got started and that's just kind of stuck with me. So I've always got my list on my little dashboard that I, you know, I'm always following oh. up with these people and making sure I, nobody gets forgotten about right. and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people, on both sides that people aren't seeing. Um, right. and, and, and it really, it's, it's two completely sides, different sides of the transaction where mm-hmm. a lot of your stuff is a lot of emotions and there, yeah, there's some emotions tied to us and the good loan officers bring that emotion out. But for us, it's black and white. Like, Hey, you've got guidelines. You either follow or fit those guidelines or you don't. Um, so, I mean, there's some area there for guidelines or, up for interpretation and if you're willing to you know defend your interpretation of it and get someone to understand it then okay we're gonna move forward but um you know the emotion side of it yeah when they walk into people that house. Are, parent, are, are clients parents right like those oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the people that want to you know that, that we have to go back for a second or third look with the parents and on thanksgiving on thanksgiving uh-huh, right? <laughs> yeah but no that's a buyer could, could be completely in love with the house and then all of a sudden mom or dad comes over or the uncle that bought a house a decade ago wants to come over and tell you, right. you know, what, what's wrong with it or, uh-huh. you know, or, or what's a big deal and what's not. And, you know, I always try to give my opinion on things. Cause yeah. you know, I like to think I've seen a lot at this point, but right. people usually take their, yeah. their family members, family members advice right. over mine. So that's something that's difficult sometimes, but you know, it's just part of it. Right. Yeah. It is what it is. And I can't like on ours is, my favorites, the people that bought prior to the crisis, right. uh, 08 crisis. Well, I didn't have to give you that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You also didn't have to verify that you actually made the money that you made right. to buy, <laughs> pay for the house that you're paying for. You could just say you made yeah, it. We'll, work. We're going to trust you. We trusted you at that point. There's a, there's a big change now. We have to document all sorts of stuff. And, and it's so wild to me that, that, that you could I just, know. like that, that concept that people would loan you hundreds of thousands of dollars just basically on saying that, yeah. hey, I, I make a million dollars a year, yeah. you know? I think what? at the time, all you had to do was produce like one tax return showing. Yeah. But like, I remember, so my mom had been in this business. She retired after 47 years and she remembers tell st- stories of, of loan officers that would keep like blank 1040 forms, tax forms in their desk. <sighs> and somebody, when any, so somebody would call in to do a mortgage, they'd be like, all right, well, what's your income? And they'd pull out a, instead of pulling out of an app in an application form, they're pulling out a, a blank 1040. Well, how much house did you say you wanted to buy? Yeah. And you've got this much in debt. Okay. You, so you make about $120,000 a year this year, right? Well, I made, I made a hundred. I mean, no, you made 120 this year. Okay. We're going to, we're going to put this on there. I'm going to have something for you to sign when you get here. This is what's going to help us get you into that house that you want. Oh, okay. by the way, are you okay with an adjustable rate? Oh yeah. By the well, one year arm that's going to adjust by, 
three, four percent every year upwards. Right. And people yeah. wonder, it's hilarious to me that people think that at least these past couple of years we've been everybody's yeah. been saying that there's gonna be a crash. Oh, yeah. And it's like no, it's this it, is that's the reason right. everything that he just said was there, the reason of the big right. crash the of a cr- We we crashed because there were no lending laws. If you could breathe, you could get a house. Uh, if you were of of age, which you think you need to be eighteen to purchase a house, you have to be a legal adult to purchase a house. If you had a pulse, they would figure out a way to get you in a house, whether it was legal or illegal, they would pretty much figure out a way to get it done. Right. And here's the thing too, is like, it's, it's great. Like I, I was not in there during this time. So this is not anything that I know or know of the businesses from what I've heard uh, from firsthand accounts. And like, you could call an appraiser at that time say hey you know what they offer this house was listed at 350,000 but they offered 500,000 for it uh we you know we want to make it appraise and they go out and they do it there was no checks and balances well that and that's why now you know and a lot of people don't know this so every um appraisal ever done gets submitted to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and logged in their database and they will keep a list. They know they have every appraisal ever done since the beginning of 2008. This is when all this started. So they know what the value of your home is. And this is how we're able, like, when there's times where if you put 20% down or more on a house, there's times where Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will come back and be like, nah, we don't need an appraisal on this because the price that they're buying for is based on the, all the information that we have we feel is an acceptable value and falls within a safe range. So when we have a conventional loan, it doesn't, this is why we don't have as many issues on FHA and VA like we used to. Um, But conventional now, every time we get this appraisal, we submit it up to them and it spits back a score of one to five. Um, One being the most accurate two, uh, two going up and five being highly overvalued or just very inaccurate. And what we have to do, anything that's like a three, three and a half or above, we have to submit to this third party to do a, what's called a CDA. Where they go in and do a full review of this appraisal. They got they talk to the appraiser and they go like deep dive into this. And it takes like 10 days for them to go through and knock this thing out to make sure that, okay, you know what, even this is, even though this is a five, we're willing to give uh, the warrants that are needed for this to be an acceptable appraisal for it to be purchased down the road. And so, and now luckily, like I, I, 2021, we saw a lot of this, Yeah, um, you know, because people were so like, they were trying to get as much for it. Like this year we had, haven't seen any, seen anything crazy like that. Everything's been like a one or a two. And so it's been nice, but they have all these appraisals. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, based on their AI and this database that they have, they know what the value of every home is and like in a range. And so if you're buying a house that fits within that range, and you're putting the required down payment down. They're gonna be like, yeah, we don't need an appraisal. You're good. Right. I, we've we've had yeah, a couple of those like that yeah. where, where they, you get, we got an appraisal waiver this yep. time. Yeah. Yep. Is that, yep. is that what it. happens? Yep. Okay. We ran it through. We ran it through the database, and they're like, yep, no, you're good. This is Great. this value is perfect. You're not overpaying. You're not underpaying. Because that's another thing is they don't want you to underpay too. That could cause. Right. And you could go hurt the values of everything yeah. else around it. But you, you know, they want you to. Upside they down. want you to. Right. They want you to pay fair market value, and. Oh, that's it. obviously it's it's a market so you can pay whatever you want for it depending on what the market's doing it's just something that people don't know about but no i mean that, well, I didn't, that right i think you've mentioned to me before that right, other than that. that right there alone is putting a check and balance on what was happening back in 08 not to mention just how strict lending laws got like i mean we have to verify everything it's like hey give me your blood and i want the naming rights on your firstborn child right is yeah, how it's, it's gotten to in some situations you know so and you see it like there, you know, you can kind of get an idea of the economy and how it's moving is, you know, when we start tightening up on our underwriting, that means like, Hey, we're probably heading into a tough time. And now everybody's like, Oh, it's going to crash. Values are too high, but oh, we have real estate, an inventory problem. Yeah. It's, it's not going to crash because basic, basic, basic economics, supply and demand, right? Supply goes up, demand goes down or demand. Goes, Demand's really high. Yeah, supply, supply is really low. Right. And so it once we, and, I think we're like five years behind on inventory or something so, like that. Something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, as long as we're low on supply and people are demanding on houses, values are going to keep up. Now, right. something going to happen. I mean, 
Yes, we can't have homes continue to skyrocket like this, but right. I don't think they're gonna. It's gonna crash. I think it's just gonna flatten out. I think it's just gonna kind of level out. Yeah, it's really. gonna level out for a few years. You might right. not see the. Appreciation like we've been seeing this crazy, you know, right. ten plus percent appreciation over right, well, the last couple of years. It's like thirteen percent. And look it up, but like, we like a twenty-four month straight appreciate home right. appreciation, something, something like, like that, something crazy. Yeah, it's it's typically at least in St. Louis, it's been pretty standard, like three yeah. percent per yeah, year. Yeah, three to four percent. I think this year we were up to like six or seven. We were one of the few areas that had still had really good, yeah. still good growth. I mean, because yeah, when I talked to Alex out in California, yeah. it sounds like things were definitely going in the opposite direction. Right, and and usually things happen on the coast, but again. With where we're at, it's just still so affordable here. Oh, like yeah. people, you know, I think I did a video on it uh, and posted it to my my Instagram page where, you know, everybody talks about how unaffordable homes are, but when you look at like when you look at national averages, absolutely, yeah, they say national average incomes fifty six hundred or fifty six thousand dollars a year, with the average home price being four hundred fifty. Fuck yeah, right. you're not gonna yeah, afford. That doesn't make you're sense not affording a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house on a fifty six thousand dollar a year salary. Hell right. no. no. But when you break it down by area, so like you can go, you can type in Google Freddie Mac income limits, Fannie Mae income limits for their products and it'll tell you the average medium income for whatever zip code you want to put in. And it'll tell you exactly what the average medium income is for that. Here in St. Louis, it's a hundred thousand is the average medium income in St. Louis. And even in, in, so if you're looking at in the average sales price, is that, is that per couple or is that per, per it just, per, it doesn't, household? it doesn't say, it just it says average medium income. It didn't say per house or per person or what. I, I think it might be household. That makes more sense but, to me. But, even still, you're looking at it as a household income. That and the last time the numbers came out, we were at like what two ninety five for the average sales price in St. Louis. I think so. It was like it was high. It was I thought it was like two seventy eight, but I might be wrong. Okay. Actually, that that might be right. So that, I'm thinking two seventy eight. That was I think at the beginning of this year, at the end of twenty two. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think I mean that would make sense if it's only gone up. Right. So. And so it, before two ninety five. And your your average household income is hundred thousand, then here you are. Like as long as you've got your, that could take your income up fifty percent of qualifying income and your debts. Most average households can afford the average sales price here. Right. You know, and and if you're making more than that, then definitely going to be able to afford it. So St. Louis is still affordable based on looking at the averages. Obviously, we're not applying the averages elsewhere. But as a single person, fifty six thousand, you're not going to try and buy a four hundred fifty thousand dollars house anyway. Sorry, Evan. Go ahead. Kind of a case study to your point, though, is actually a relationship I was just in because you actually sold me my house, Zach, and so my house was about one hundred sixty thousand here in St. Louis. As far as cost of living, St. Louis, as of end of twenty twenty two, is fourteen percent below the national average. Well, I was dating someone who was local and native to Southern California. And she said, "Do you know what your house would cost in my neighborhood?" She lived in Orange County. Like what? She goes, eight hundred grand. That's <laughs> cheap." And I, my, my, that's what a hundred grand per square foot? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's a thousand. It's a thousand grand per square a foot. Thousand grand, yeah, it's insane. That's insane. It's three times my mortgage. Yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think all these investors from the coast are buying oh, yeah. shit up here in St. Louis? You know how many? In, I mean, uh, the one yeah. that closed yesterday was yeah. a. He was an out of town investor. I think we've bought. He's done six. I think he's done seven with me over the last two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, he's just keeps buying them up. Right. He just buys these right. you know, little, two, usually two bedroom, one baths and the rentals for him. Yeah. When I talked to him, he was like, it was, hey, this is what's paying for my kid's college. Yeah. Love it. And, right. you know, he's got the funds and the income and the money to do it. And, you know, there's, there's loans out there that make it easier for people to, the SCR loans is that, right. that service credit release loans where we're basically as long as the rent, going to be generated or the uh, standard Income. rent for that for that in area meets what's going to be rented here and it covers the mortgage payment then you, you qualify right. i mean you need 20 percent down to do these things but right yeah i mean it's a great program it's a great way to do things and yeah it's just people are coming in and just mopping up these homes mm-hmm. in st louis because it's so affordable right. and they can still rent it for more you know i had a buddy uh, that I did a loan for in Waterloo, brand new construction now, you know, disabled vet, 
in Illinois have to pay taxes if you're above a certain percentage. So, you know, taxes were, but like the taxes on this house were, you know, it was like a $400,000 house and the taxes were going to be like 10 grand. I'm like, Insane, dude. yeah. And it's one of those things. There's trade-offs to every state. Well, I just say, let's hit one more and then okay. wrap it up. All right. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself? I would, I mean, I think it would, it's pretty much what I did about two months later is I would say I would have invested more into my social media probably sooner. I think that from the return that I've seen on that, yeah. just going all in on that has helped me exponentially. So, I mean, I think I would do that um, from the beginning of my career. And I would say, I would tell myself that I think I was, I was, I had a hard time with the rejection at first. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of the first things you said when we first started recording is just being okay with that rejection. Yeah. I think that getting my, I just wasn't used to everybody slamming the door in my face, literally and figuratively. Right. Um, but that, I would just kind of get used to that more or, or, you know, be more like now, rejection doesn't bother me at all. Right. But, you know, five years ago, four and a half years, you know, four and a half years ago, I, it was it was definitely something that I wasn't as okay with. Right. But so figuring out a way to deal with that, I think that like I do now, and I and I think it just comes from the reps. Right. The more you do it, the more it doesn't really seem to matter. Right. You know, so I would say that those are my. Yeah. My same thing, uh, social media for this year. Um, that was one of the things that I really. Yeah, you did. I mean. Wanted to step up on. Leveled up for yeah. sure. And and it's been great. I mean, not so much like basically I went into it with not, not with the intention of getting business out of it. I went in with the intention of basically building a brand as someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Like basically like they know, and it's funny now people are like, Oh, Hey, my buddies will call me STL mortgage. And right. Oh yeah. My buddies give me shit all the time. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Hey, it's working, right? It's working. You're calling for sure. me STL mortgage. Nerd. That's what I, you know, I yeah, want you working. to, yeah. you know, and, but like, that's the thing is it just lends credibility to who I am. And that's what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted so, to use social as a way that if someone saw my content, and they were like trying to decide on who they wanted to work with. Like, all right, this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about and seems to be doing well with the amount of closings he's having and things like that. Like just social me- using social media as a tool to just build that brand and reassure people that I know what I'm doing. Um, so that would, I was, you know, that was telling myself that from the beginning of the year, like making that more a priority. Um, and then I think people are so self-conscious oh, about that. It's crazy. At least, at least I know I was when I first got started. Like, right. I was, a, I was, I remember I went back and actually showed, so I'm bringing this, my new, new guy onto the team. And I went back and I showed him my very, you know, cause I'm telling him like, you know, you don't have to, you know, do all the social media and stuff that I do, but if I were you, Something. I think it's a great idea. I think it's, it'll, you know, kind of give you a head start and it's a great way to mar- great way to market. And I like went back, I was like, you see all my videos now. Right. And I, you know, we obviously he follows me. I scrolled back to my very first video yeah. that was oh, like right when I got my license. It was actually take a pause so we can yeah. put it into yeah. the podcast yeah. so Murph can bring it up. Yeah. Throw it up. You should. <laughs> throw, I'll, throw, I'll send you the one and you, you the, can throw, up you can throw it in like the corner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to roast the fuck out of you. Oh, please do. Too. Oh, you know how many you knows are in that one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm writing that as a tally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that one doesn't count. <laughs> take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, guess what, dude? If you haven't gone to the casino and gambled everything away by now, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but going back to like since the from the beginning is, you know, having an uh, an abundance mentality. You know, obviously being competitive, you hate losing deals. You hate, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't work. So you don't win every deal. It happens. But I, at the beginning, I get so frustrated because being new and you don't have a lot of deals, you get frustrated with that. And you start like having this mentality, like mine, 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 like that nothing's ever going to come. And so you have a scarcity mentality. The, one of the biggest things that I've, that I've been changing is that having that abundance mentality. I mean, you, you came to that happy hour that I hosted. Yeah. There was other mortgage lenders there. Like I, right. I, I didn't care. Like that's the thing is like one have those conversations with them, see what's working for them. What's not, I might learn something that from them that I can implement. Heck, they might learn something from me that they can implement. They might have products that I don't have that I can refer them to. I may have products that they have that they, uh, that they don't and that they can refer me to like, or hell, they might not like where they're at. 
come be on my team or right. vice versa. You know, you just never know. And, and then also by that, you're not, you're not like your mindset changes on how you approach things. Like I'm not afraid to lose deals. I'm not afraid. Like I know that I've grown my business enough that it's, I've got enough coming in that if I lose a deal, like I'm not going to like let that affect me. Like I used to, mm-hmm. and I it used to just tear me up and, and beat me up. Like, you know, nothing we can, and, and, and it was the most important thing that I could have had this year because that's what happened, you know, in last year, business dropped drastically last year and this year. And obviously but by having, maintaining that abundance mentality, I was still able to grow my business and because I was doing things from a place of a positive mindset versus a negative mindset. And, and that, that just, I mean, it radiates through to your clients. Your clients can see that. Like if you're, if you're running on a negative mentality and a scarcity mentality, they're going to pick up on that and probably feel pressured from you. Yeah. Where, Call that commission breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so when you're coming from a place like, Hey, if I get this deal or not, okay, cool. Things are gonna be more relaxed. You're gonna have better conversations. You're actually going to listen to what it is that they're wanting their goals and needs are and being able to listen to understand and not listen to reply and right. and it's really helped in, in ways that allow me to better structure deals for clients to meet those goals that they're wanting and not be worried about whether or not like this is like whether or not they're going to like it or not like well, if they don't like it cool but let's go back to the drawing board or if they talk to somebody else like learning how to again effective communication like i mentioned earlier how to communicate the difference between myself and that other person they're talking to and difference between my company at guild and another mortgage company and the way my team is structured versus someone else, like what they're getting for that, you know, cause not everybody's going to have the same, same rates or costs or anything like that. Like someone may have lower rates, but higher costs. Someone may have a slightly higher rate, but lower costs. There's different ways that loan mortgage companies are set up and structured. So, you know, it's making sure people and educating them and telling them the things that they need to hear. And, if that causes me to lose a client because I tell them what they need to hear to get into a house, then I don't have a problem with that. Right. You know, cause I know that eventually it's going to, it's going to come back around. I and think that's a big gem you unveiled in the front half of the conversation was that the way you look at quote unquote cold outreach is you don't do it like someone who's trying to headhunt and get no. money. You do it as a customer service rep right. looking to improve the experience. And that does a lot for your confidence because then you aren't someone who, quote, needs something. You just have something to offer. And whatever comes your way, just icing on top of a good job well done. Right. And that's the thing, too, is like, like talking about the cold call stuff is like there's agents out there that I will never get a deal with. But because I've called them and talked to them and they know who I am and, and we've done deals where I've they're the listing side, mm-hmm. like my offers are going to have a chance at standing out more. For sure. Because of those calls. Right. And they know who I am and they like. Like, oh, I know this guy. And yeah, he, he like, closes. He, yeah, he gets he <laughs> gets it done. Like, I'm not worried if you if you've got a pre approval with with my or my team's name on it, it's gonna close. Right. And so that that lends to it. And and you know, like I said, banks and credit unions, you know, they're gonna beat us on rates every time. It's part of it. It's right. what it is. What it is. But as a as an agent, when you see yeah. a mortgage company, like you could have the same person offer with a. I get the same offer from two different people. One's with a credit union or a bank and one mortgage company. Odds are you're going to push them. Mortgage company every time. Right. You know, I've had so many issues with like big national banks and credit unions specifically. Yeah. They're, they're trash. Well, I mean, they're, they're good for what they're good. They're good for certain things, but specifically mortgages or, you know, home loans, it's go mortgage company every time. Customer service. hundred percent. Well, it's, I always tell people, you know, it's a, it is, you're really buying a customer, you're, you're buying a customer service because right. with you or another mortgage company, for instance, they're able to call you really whenever, right. whenever you want. Right. I mean, you're, you're, I always say, you know, the guys that I'm going to send you, uh, you know, they work the same hours as me, which is basically 24 seven. Right. So if you call Pat, you know, it, it, we just looked at a house on a Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. I always tell the story that Pat got, I sent him someone who was uh, about to get pre-approved or wanted to get pre-approved and he was about to officiate a wedding in <laughs> California and he somehow got this person a pre-approval letter so he could write an offer. And like, he's like, man, we're, I'm about to, 
oh, we're walking down the aisle in an hour, but I, I think I can, I think I get it over to you. Um, just, just, just hang tight. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck dude. I was like, if this That's isn't dedication. a yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent dude. And I always tell that story. I was like, and, and, and another thing I was like, well, mate, me and my wife just bought a house this past year. And I mean, I do this for a fucking living. So, and I use Pat. So if that says anything, yeah, that's, and, and the thing about it too, is like, you're always on call and yeah, it, that's fun. By the way, I, AKA pastor Pat, I am, I am <laughs> ordained. Pat. So anybody that needs to get married, let me know right now. Yeah. I'm successful seven for seven of yeah. marriages that are, <laughs> still, that are still married. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. You should be at like three and a half or four, all things considered. But yeah, that's, good no, yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. No, I got, I got, I got that. I got that, I got that good luck touch. Yeah, it's, here's what's cool about it. It's all past clients. Oh, that's, that's what's, really cool. That's what's cool about it. It's all vertical integration. All, yeah. Well, that's no, but that's the thing though. It's like, all right, so I got ordained. It started off with one of my really good friends. Um, so one of my good friends married my ex-wife's really good friend, and then our other buddy. Was all there was, we're all in the mix. So he, she asked my ex-wife to be the maid of honor. He asked the other guy to be the best man, and he's like, "I, I, we want you to officiate the wedding." And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" So do you know when I got ordained? While my while my ex-wife was in labor with our second born, I'm in the hospital. (laughs) Just killing time. Yeah, (laughs) she's she's induced. Like we're waiting for the baby to come, and for people that haven't had kids. It's a long process yeah. of just sitting around. Yeah. You don't just show up and the baby's delivered. Right. Like, That's I'm a, sure there's some situations, but for my ex-wife and I, for both kids, my ex-wife is not a fan of being pregnant. And she wanted both of these babies out as soon as she could, which you could get induced at 39 weeks. And so we went in and, which is great. I, I recommend this to people. If you can get induced, we took our time. We showed up. We walked in. We weren't rushing or freaking out or screaming like around. TSA pre-check yeah, for babies. Like, pretty, pretty much. much yeah. Pretty much. And so we just, we walked right in and got in, got settled. They got her all set up and hooked up. There was no urgency or rush to it. And we were just really calm and relaxed, which was great. The first time that the hospital that she delivered, so the ex-wife, all she wanted was tequila after the baby was born. So those three people that I just mentioned, the, the my wife's, ex-wife's best friend, my good buddy, my two good buddies all came up to the hospital the night before this was pre COVID. So people could come and hang out. We had our own room. And so to kill time, we're playing games, talking all this. And my buddy whipped out a bottle of tequila (laughs) that he brought for my ex-wife. Well, we learned that they had a slushy machine on that same floor. So we're sneaking out, (laughs) taking slushies and making our own margaritas in the hospital. That's best, awesome. Best blueberry margarita oh, I've sure. ever had. I bet. Um, but yeah, so. Oh, that's <laughs> how you were born. Yeah, yeah. so exactly. <laughs> so this one night, I had a blueberry margarita while I got ordained as a yeah. minister. Well, yeah. So, no, that was my first one. But the second one, we didn't have anybody in the room. We did the inducement. But for the, like I was saying, for the people that don't know, it's not, I mean, it's a long process. Like, you may go in, your water may break, but it may be hours before the baby comes. Right. And it's a lot of sitting around. I mean. Yeah, we brought our we brought the Melissa, Apple TV and we just Melissa you know. was working writing contracts. Really? Yeah, she, Hell yeah. The first Connor like love that Connor. She got when she was done. Then she got somebody under contract while she was in labor at the hospital for Connor. Now we like they told us to get there at midnight and Connor wasn't born until seven o'clock at night that day. So we were there for yeah. you know what is that nineteen hours before Connor was born, yeah. and so that, a lot of sitting around for sure. And then with Oliver, they're like, oh, yeah, just come in around 10 o'clock. So we went in at 10 a.m., and Oliver was also born around 7 o'clock. And so, but again, that's a lot of sitting around, a lot of, you know, and she's working, and I'm just sitting off to the side in a recliner going through, just the, hanging just, out. Just going yeah. through the process of getting ordained. <laughs> and then we're, we're just going back and forth, and I'm like, here are my options for names. Like, I can do pastor, reverend, all these different things. Like Pastor Pat, I'm like, I was, I was like <laughs> Reverend Doyle, and they're like, eh, what else you got? And I was like Pastor Pat, and <laughs> the nurse, the nurse who we're still friends with today, she's awesome. Um, she was like, yes, yeah. Pastor Pat, and Melissa was like, are you really fucking doing this right now? Like, yeah. really? Like, as you see, like this, and I finished it like as things really started to pick up. Like, right. <laughs> so it wasn't, it was maybe an hour later that Oliver was born Damn. after I was. And so she's like, 
in pain. The nurses are there. I'm standing off to the side. Contraction. And, ah! Yeah. And, and me and the nurses are just going back and forth. Like, really? Like, that doesn't sound too creepy, like Pastor Pat. Like, no, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. So, yeah. So, that's how I got ordained. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's a good, good spot to end it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, that really wraps up the year for us. So yeah. we, you know, got three episodes in before the end of the year. I like that. That's I'm I'm happy I'm with it. So it. yeah, we're gonna keep going with this. We're gonna be doing two a week as our game plan. Uh, you know, so comment down below, people that you know maybe we should have on, or comment what you want to hear us talk about, or yeah, if there's anything specific you want to hear, um, you know, it, it, yes, we're both in real estate, but we don't want this to be just about real estate. I know we dove into it a lot today, but this that was more because we were discussing goal planning, and that's the thing that we wanted to like really hit on is entrepreneurship, the mentality it takes to be successful within business, but also being a man and being a father and different things like that. And so if you have anything that you want us to talk or, or Zach likes jujitsu, I'm big into baseball. You want to hear funny stories from either one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Sports in general. If you want to hear funny stories. Sure. We've got lots of funny college stories that we'll get into. I I know there's one you've told me that I definitely want you to tell on the podcast at some point. (laughs) Um, It just popped into my head. Okay. uh, I'd be happy to, happy to, to discuss any of the crazy things that have, happened in, in, in college and in pro ball. And, you know, same thing. I'm sure there's just anything. Let us know what you guys want to hear and talk about. And we will dive into that. But as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you could like share, pass subscribe, subscribe, you know, anything we want to, you know, can reach as many people as we possibly can. Well, and we're signing off. We'll see you in 2024. Yep. See you in 2024.